Linda, put your hands together and bless her real good. Oh, it's a joy to be here with you. Haven't been here in, hmm, I'm sure it's been over a year. If you have a Bible, turn to the 16th chapter of the book of Acts. 16th chapter of the book of Acts. I, I haven't preached on this chapter in a long, long, long time. I, I, I presume John, he told me he was away on vacation. I can tell he told the church too, because when you tell the church you're going to be on vacation, usually some of the people don't come. Isn't that sad? But you're here, and you're going to get the word. 16th chapter of the book of Acts, the night God rocked the house. In prayer room just a little bit ago, and Barbara was praying, and she, <laughs> I got so stirred. She didn't know nothing about what I was preaching, and she, she prayed these very words, Lord, rock the house, and I pray he'll rock our souls. If you look at the 16th chapter, verse number 9, verse number 9, uh, a call for help. Uh, God does, still does miraculous things when he wants you to be at a certain place at a certain time. This is Paul. And a vision appeared to Paul, the apostle. Look at it. In the night, whether he was asleep or not, we do not know. But we knew he had a vision. And let me tell you something. A lot of people, you know, think they have visions and, and, and it's not the Lord. They're just uh, having a, a bad dream because they ate pizza at midnight. Come on, help me somebody. But, but true visions still happen to people. In these days in which we live, God can, and dreams also. Visions and dreams are two different things. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. And a man, a man of Macedonia, stood. He could see him. And he was pleading. The word pleading means begging. He was pleading with Paul, saying these words. Come over to Macedonia and help us. Now, we're not talking about uh, come over to farm town and, and help us. Uh, he had to get on boats. He had to travel who knows how far and go from Allen to Allen to get to an area of Macedonia. Boy, we're blessed in America. We can either get in a car and drive on pretty, pretty good highways or we can fly, amen. But he had to do it, and guess what? Immediately, immediately he got up and started on the journey with Silas, not knowing what was ahead, not knowing what was going to transpire. He just knew that the Holy Spirit had spoken to him and told him there was a man in Macedonia. Now, we might think it would be the mayor, someone very influential, but God has other plans, doesn't he? Jump down to verse 16. They arrive in Philippi, which is in Macedonia. In verse 16, now it happened, as we went to prayer, here's, here's a pest. You, you, ever, you ever had someone ever pest you? Just constantly, constantly. Like, like a, even, even bugs. My wife and I walk every day, and gnats, gnats just are pests. Here's a pest that's possessed with the devil. Watch this. Now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl she had been bought 
She had been paid for. She was owned by a group of men. And she possessed the spirit of divination. Now, I'm, I'm going to explain some things to you. And, and I, hope that, I, I hope they don't go over your head. But the spirit of divination, literally, it was in those days the spirit of Python. The spirit of Python. Now, Pythons circle you and squeeze you to death. De demon spirit is literally is squeezing the life out of the church. Don't know if you know it or not, but 3,500 to 4,000 churches in America close up every year. A thousand, I think it's up over several thousand ministers are quitting the ministry every year, giving up, throwing in the towel. Well, what in the world's going on? The spirit of, guess what? The battle is not against God because the Muslims have a God. Uh, the Hindus have a God. The battle is against Jesus. Isn't it amazing that Satan is so fearful of the name of Jesus? See, we, we get caught up, well, I'm Baptist, and, well, I'm a Methodist, well, I'm a Nazarene, well, I'm a crazy man, I mean, a charismatic, I mean, I'm a Pentecostal. It goes on and on and on. Hey, I'm a follower of Jesus. Are you with me? You can be a Nazarene, Baptist, Methodist, you just name it and still go to hell. Because it's all about Jesus, and Satan hates the name of Jesus. He hates it. He despises it. So here she is with this spirit of emanation. Literally, it was the spirit of Python, the snake, that was the symbol of the prophetesses at the shrine of Apollo at Delphi. That, that means that there were women coming out, and they were called prophetess for Apollo. Apollo was the son, supposedly, of Zeus. And this is the key. It, I've missed this most of my ministry until I saw this. And it's amazing to me. She possessed this spirit, and she met Paul and Silas. And she brought her masters much profit by fortune-telling. She was making them some money. I don't, know, I don't know about here, but my wife and I spend our winters in Florida, and there, there are psychic places everywhere. Demonic. Fortune tell. Isn't it amazing how, quote, quote, Christians will, will read, they'll read whatever they're, they're, they're supposedly what sign they're under and all that garbage. I'm not under none of that stuff. I'm under the blood of Jesus. And so she's making her, her owners a lot of money. They probably have bought her from this shrine or this temple in Delphi. Now, verse 17. Those Gentiles in that day believed that fortune-telling was a gift from the god Apollo, the son of Zeus. The people believed that this young girl was channeling the spirit of Apollo. We know that she was demon-possessed. And you may think that demon possession is only in some country like Africa, but it's in America. I, I'm shocked in America what's going on 
with transgenders, what they're trying to teach our children in, in public schools. It, it goes on and on and on. And Christians are accepting it. In America, there is a man who's a, quote, quote, minister, listen to me, who dresses up like a woman and preaches in the pulpit. <laughs> Lord, I'm a hillbilly. I don't know about you, but I'm a hillbilly. If I'm, if I'm in the pews and I see a man get up and he's dressed like a woman, I don't know about you. When I grew up, they were called pansies. Pastoring in the United Methodist Church, John Wesley, if you don't know who he is, read about John Wesley. I, I, I'm sure that John Wesley, if he has any knowledge of what's going on in the church that he founded, would be shocked today. What kind of spirit is that church? Well, it's just there, you know, it's just the way they, no, it's not. Who do you think would get someone to dress up like a woman who's a man and get into a pulpit and the church would accept that. God have mercy. And this, this woman, in verse 17, look what she's crying out. Remember, she's demon-possessed. These men are slaves. The word servant means slaves. So she's saying these... These men are slaves, watch out, of the most high God. Now, most of the time, Troy, when I've read this, I, I thought she was getting some revelation of, about God Almighty, but she wasn't. She was not. Those Gentiles, when she made this proclamation, thought that she was talking about Zeus, who was the highest of all gods. Stay with me. She was crying out, these men are slaves of the Most High God who proclaim to us, and you will see the word the. In the Greek, another translation is a. Are you still here? These men are slaves of the Most High God who proclaim to us a way of salvation. Zeus was worshipped as the highest of all gods. And it would have been Zeus that these Gentiles would have thought she was referring to as the most high God. And she kept saying it day after day after day. As Paul and Silas were going to the riverbank to pray or walking through the street, she would cry this out. And when she cried it out, the people thought that these two were servants of Zeus. Do you see something different? Do you see something you haven't seen before? See, I've always thought that somehow, some way, these demons were... What? Do you think the demons would promote the cause of Christ? No, no, no. No, no, no. The demon inside this young girl was determined to stop the ministry of Paul and Silas by polluting it. Day after day, she kept proclaiming it. Watch this. Verse 18. I like the first part of it. And Paul was annoyed. 
greatly annoyed. Have you ever been annoyed? He was fed up. He was fed up with it. He was tired of what was going on. He was tired of what these demons were doing, trying to destroy their ministry. And Paul knew he'd been called to that place. He had to, he, he had to take, listen to me, when you get annoyed about something and you get to the end of your ropes, you've had all you can take. And Paul had all he could take. He wasn't going to take any more from this demon. He wasn't attacking the woman, the girl. He was coming against the demon. Watch this. Verse 18. He makes a divine declaration. Many times... We pray for people. We lay hands on them. Many times we anoint people with oil. But if you'll check the ministry of Jesus, there were many times he didn't pray for people. He didn't, he didn't lay his hands on people. He made a de declaration. We need to start declaring some things. If you read the book of Job, Job says, I will declare a thing and God will establish it, bring it to pass. So Paul makes a divine declaration in verse 18. He says, I command you. And he's not talking to the girl. He's talking to the demon. And I command you in the name. He didn't come against him in the name of a denomination. He said, I, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus, the anointed one. Christ is not the last name of Jesus. He didn't come from Joseph Christ and Mary Christ. There are people in the church that believe that. The word Christ means the anointed one. I command you in the name of Jesus, the anointed one, come out of her. If you've never experienced demon-possessed people, a lot of people think, well, they're scared to come to church. I had a man running down the altar one night, barking like a dog. Hello? That's not the Holy Ghost. Had a lady that we prayed for, had a prayer team we prayed for, she, she fell to the floor, and this was something, and she withered like a snake. And she began to speak. She was, she was an old-time hillbilly from West Virginia, and she began to speak the name of Egyptian gods which she did not know. And when you're dealing with demons, you don't have to scream. We never lifted our voice. They said, we're not coming out. And we said, yes, you are. In the name of Jesus. And she got set free. And in the last years of her life, she was a missionary. Praise God. I remember in the old sanctuary at Maranatha, and I'll never forget this, four or five couples had just gotten saved. They hit the altar. God was moving through the house. And over to my left, now we're talking about a packed house. 
Over to my left, a young girl stands up, raises both hands, and begins to praise the beast. Now, I graduated from Bible college at that time. I was working on my master's at that time, but I had not had a class on what you do when someone jumps up in your church service and raises both hands and begins to praise the beast. Is anyone in the house today? I can see Christians saying, oh my goodness, what's going on? She had made a blood covenant with the devil. She had shed the blood of a goat and drank it and made a blood covenant. She had Lucifer tattooed on her body. What did you do, Brother Brian? Took her to her room with a prayer team gathered around her. Cast that demon out of her. The last time I heard she was singing in a church choir. Oh, glory to God. Put your hands together. They are real. But God highly exalted Jesus and gave him a name above every name in heaven and on the earth and under the earth. That at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. Book of Acts says, and there's no other name given among men whereby we must, mandatory, must be saved but the name of Jesus. My wife and I, we live in a condo in, in Huntington. And they have group meetings, group fellowship, little dinners. And the lady in charge asked me to pray over the meal. And she took me to the side and she said, Now, uh, Pastor Wright, when you, when you pray today over the food, uh, we have different people here in the condominium. Uh, when you pray over the food, uh, d don't mention the name of Jesus. She's talking to me. <laughs> Not to pray in the name of Jesus. May I share something with you? You don't pray, and your prayers don't get through unless you use the name of Jesus. Come on. You, hey, you read the word. You read the word. He said, from now on, anything you ask the Father in my name. What did you do, Brother Wright? Well, I was introduced that I would be praying over the food, and I began to pray. not trying to be mean or angry. And I said, and in the name of Jesus, they recently had another dinner. And Linda and I uh, attended. And he didn't call me to pray. Paul commanded the demon in the name of Jesus Christ come out, come out of her. 
And verse 18 says, and he, did you see something? And he, demons or fallen angels, and nowhere in the scripture is an angel, they, we make them like women when you see pictures and statues, but none of them are called in the female gender. They're all called male, and the demons are called he. And he came out. Was there a struggle? He came out. Was there a battle? Well, why would there be a battle? The battle was over on the cross. It was won. It was finished. There wasn't a battle. Battle at all. Glory to God. Anybody thankful for Jesus? I hope you're learning something. So the demons come out. Verse 19. Some of you will not understand what I'm getting ready to say. Verse 19, and the pimps protested. Let's adjust our halos. And the pimps. Does anybody know what a pimp is? Selling women, making money. They got upset because their source of income. They lost their meal ticket. And so they were upset at Paul and Silas. And the scripture says in verse 19, they drugged them. They pulled them into the marketplace where the authorities were. And all they had done was set a girl free, but it affected someone's pocketbook. And you know as well as I do, then in America, if it affects your pocketbook. Did any of you see the, uh, the article on Facebook about what Target was doing? They were selling uh, items that had satanic emblems on them. And they were promoting the, the transgender agenda. And, and, and when people saw that, they came against Target. Christians came against Target. And do you know what happened to Target? Their stock went... <laughs> We have more power than you realize. We just don't use it. We just sit back and, okay, sirrah, sirrah, what will be, will be. No, it won't. We need to take a stand. I didn't say we need to be angry and mean. And, no, 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 but we take a stand. Why? For our children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren. We take a stand. What will America look like in 25 more years if Jesus tarries? Politicians are selling us out. And every one of you that don't vote, shame on you. Shame on you. You say, well, Brother Wright, how should we vote? I'll tell you how to vote. Conservative. I don't care if they're a Democrat, Republican, or Independent. Conservative. If they're against abortion. Come on, somebody, talk to me. Excuse me, I got stirred up. And when they drug them into the authorities, verse 20, this was the accusation that was given to them. These men being Jews, it had nothing to do with them being Jews. It had all to do with them being Christians, followers of Christ. It wasn't because they were Jews that this woman was delivered from demons. It was because they were followers of Jesus. 
these being Jews exceedingly trouble our city. I wonder when we're going to trouble some cities. We're supposed to be little cowards go over in a corner and hide somewhere. They do exceedingly trouble our city. Well, what did they do? They teach customs which are not lawful for us. See, it gets to the point in our country that we're teaching things that the government pretty soon are going to make it unlawful. You're crazy if you think that the gays don't have an agenda to come in and sue churches. All they've got to do is ask the preacher to marry them, and when he says no, they can sue them. Unless you have in your bylaws that you won't marry anyone that wasn't born a male and born a female. Oh, they have an agenda. They have an agenda. What do we do? We pray. And we ask for the presence of the Holy Spirit to fill us with power to be his witnesses. See, we it's amazing. I, I watch videos of church services and crazy people. The Holy Spirit wasn't given to make us weird. Anybody here? I, you, you, Lord have mercy. You, I, go on, I go on and watch videos of church service. I'm going, what in the world? Lord have mercy. And that's supposed to be the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit was given to make us a witness. Acts, the first chapter, verse number 8. Preach on, Brother Wright. Thank you. Verse 22. Look what they did to our boys. They ripped their clothes off. And they beat them. Verse 23. With rods. Sticks. They beat them. And they threw their battered and bleeding bodies into prison. We think it's so rough. I mean, last night, my cable went out. We must be in tribulation. It's amazing how many in America think that, that, that there's going to be a day of tribulation. You ought to go to China. You ought to go to North Korea. You ought to go to an Arab country. There are Christians in all of those countries. And many of our brothers and sisters are in prison. And by God's grace, Linda can testify many times when we have our prayer at night, I pray for my brothers and sisters that are in prison because of their faith in Jesus. They're beaten. And they're battered. And they're bleeding. And they cast them into prison. Look at verse 23. And they told the jailer, these boys are dangerous. They were commanded to the jailer to keep them secure. Well, Paul and Silas are the only one there. The only people they know is Lydia and, and her. Is she a woman? She, she's not going to get an army. Who, who in a, 
What in the world? And keep them secure. So the jailer put them in maximum security. He put them in the inner center, center of the prison. Battered and bleeding. And he throws them in to what we would call the dungeon. Stay with me just a second. Their backs are bleeding. Their feet are shackled. And I believe their hands are cuffed. And verse 25 says it's midnight. I don't know about you, but the older I get, the earlier I go to bed. Help me, somebody. It's midnight. Watch this. Midnight is a pivotal time. It's a turning point. One day is passing, but a new day is starting. A new day doesn't start when the sun comes up. A new day starts at one minute after 12. Look at these two preachers, verse 25. <laughs> Can you imagine? Can you imagine Silas? Handcuffed, feet shackled, paws beside him. And old Silas turns to Paul and says, You and your visions, we wouldn't be here. It wasn't for you. And Can you imagine being beaten and battered? feet shackled, backs bleeding, hands cuffed, and you didn't do anything but pray and a woman was delivered from demons. And you start whimpering. You start whining. Look, look, look. I, I challenge you to look. They're worshiping. They're worshiping. We, we, we think we can have to stop because some te technical thing stops. We don't need lights. We don't need mics. We need people that are worship. And men should be the leaders in worship. Most time when I'm preaching men out there with their hands in their pockets, I'm not going to pick your pockets. You should be a leader. You should be worshiping. How do you worship? Number one, visibly. Hands. Hands. Number two, vocally with our voices. Let everything that hath breath. If you're breathing, you ought to be praising God. Look at them. They're not pouting. What, what would you do if you did something great for Jesus and you get arrested and you get beat up and you're in prison? What would you do? <laughs> They're praising. What in the world would you have to praise about when your backs are bleeding and your feet are shackled and your hands are cuffed and you're in a deep, dark prison? What in the world would you have anything to... They're not sighing. They're singing. 
And here's the key. Look at the very last statement of that verse. And the other prisoners were listening. You would think that the prisoners would be saying, shut up over there. We're trying to sleep. Quiet down. No. There's an anointing in their worship that's going through the prison and touching. Touching different prisoners. Glory to God. Verse 26. Shout suddenly. Oh, I like suddenlies. Don't you like suddenlies? Boom. Suddenly there was a sound like a mighty wind flowing through the house. Suddenly flames of fire came out of the top of the roof and it divided and set on everyone and they were filled with the... Suddenly. Ah, like when God moves suddenly. And suddenly, watch what happens. Suddenly God shows up and rocks the house. Matter of fact, please forgive me, Lord. Matter of fact, this is the first jailhouse rock. Oh, God, have mercy. Help me, somebody, please. God, pray, pray for me, brother. Pray for me. God, pray for me. God, have See, these young ones don't even know what it is, but we always do. It says in verse 26, the prison was shaken to its foundation. You would think that the... You would think that they all would have been dead. You would think if an earthquake is coming and, and it hits the place, praise God, my brand new Bible, thank God it's not hurt. Thank you, Troy. You've always been a help. Bless you. They drove all the way from St. Albans. When the prison was shaken to its foundation, you would, you would perceive that, that people are going to die. That the walls are going to cave in. No. This earthquake came from heaven. God's power was on display because of praise and worship. You missed it. Verse 26. All the doors were opened. And everyone's, everyone's chains were loose. Don't know about you, but I'm not a dummy. If I'm in prison and the chains fall off and the doors open up, Silas, you do what you want to do. I'm out of here. Wouldn't you think? You would think that this happened so they could escape. Things begin to happen when God rocks the house. Do it again, Lord. Number 27 says, and the jailer woke up. And he, he supposed that everyone had escaped. Every, every jail cell was open. The chains were gone. And he knew that he would be killed by the authorities the next morning, so he pulled out a sword to commit suicide. 
if they were taking a vote, I'll guarantee you most of the prisoners would say, let him die. But not Paul. Verse 28, Paul lifts up his voice and he calls out in the night, do yourself no harm. I can't, I can't comprehend this. We're all here. What? You mean the other boys didn't leave? What in the world would keep those guys from escaping? The anointing was so strong, so powerful. <laughs> Verse 29, the jailer comes running. That's what I, I like to see him run to the altar. And he comes into Paul and Silas's cell and he falls on his knees. He's under conviction, old time conviction. And they're not even singing an invitation. They're not even singing just as I am. Paul's not pleading and begging and telling sad stories. And, and No, 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 no. All Paul said was, hey man, don't bother. Get, come on in here. We're all here. Falls at his knees and says, what must I do to be saved? Now, he's not talking about being harmed by the authorities the next day because no prisoners are left. He's talking about this. Here comes the simple answer. We make it so difficult. We tell people you've got to go through catechism classes. You've got to be baptized in our baptistry. There's a church denomination that believes you've got to be baptized in their baptistry to be saved. If you're not that. He said these simple words. Believe on the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. That's great. Glory to God. But he adds something. And your whole family. Hello? Are there any believers in the house? He gives a promise that you'll be saved and your whole household. Whew. I want you to do something. I want you to put your hands up like this. I, I, I won't hold you much longer. Put your hands up like this, and I want you to shout these words. I'll, I'll count three, and I want you to shout these words. My family's coming in. One, two, three. See, the devil convinces us that they're not coming in. Oh, it's, it's so terrible, it's so horrible. He's a liar. He's a liar. Verse 32, Paul preaches. The jailer takes him out and Paul preaches to his whole family, this jailer's whole family. Verse 33, the jailer takes Paul and Silas out and cares for their wounds. In verse 33, then immediately... He, he and all his family were baptized. You believe, and that means with your whole heart, and then you're baptized. Baptism is an outward symbol of an inward work. 
you were declaring that you believe in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. We had an 11-week revival at Maranatha. It started when, I think it was four or five drug addicts got saved on a Sunday night. Someone said, should we start a meeting the next day? I said, how many of you will come? They all hollered. We started a revival, and I said, we'll, we'll continue as long as people are saved. We went 11 weeks with people saved every service. Well, one night I was sitting on the front row. I'll never forget this. It was during the invitation that praise team was singing, and a man goes by me, and as he walks by me, he's heading toward the altar. As he walks by me, this is what he says. <laughs> My whole family is following me to the altar. And when I looked, there were 13 of them. Thir 13 of them coming to the altar. And that night, his whole family, that'd make a Presbyterian speak in tongues. I'm Would that not excite you? Stand to your feet. Thank you, Jesus. Bow your heads if you would. If you're not a Christian, if you're not a follower of Jesus, I invite you to come to the altar. The altar can't save you, but it's a good place. It's a good place to come. Jesus said, if you'll confess me before men, I'll confess you before my heavenly Father. But here's what I want you to do. If anybody in this house has a lost family member, I want you to quickly come to the altar, and I'm going to pray over you. If anybody has a lost family member, just come and stand with me at the altar. Do it quickly. I'm not going to beg you. Here's what I want you to do. I don't want you to meditate a prayer. I want you to vocally pray. And I want you to speak their name. I want you to call their name. You don't have to scream. But I want you to speak the name of every member that you know of in your family that's not saved. Father, I come in the mighty name of Jesus and I thank you. I praise you. I give you all glory. I give you all the praise. You're a mighty God. And Lord, we're praying for each one that's standing around this altar right now. Every one of their sons, every one of their daughters, every one of their children, grandchildren, cousins, aunts, uncles. Lord, we're claiming them. We're claiming them. We tell the devil, you get your hands off of our family. We command you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Loose them. Loose them now and let them go. Father, right now, wherever they are, wherever they are, we pray that you'd call them. Oh. You'd call them from the north and the south and the east and the west. Call them, oh Lord. Call them by the power of your spirit. Convict them and call them in. Convict them and call them in. Convict them, oh God, wherever they may be. If they're in a car, may they pull off the side of the road and pray the sinner's prayer. Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. 
I believe in Jesus the Christ. Lord, we're claiming every one of them. We will not give up. We will not faint. We will hold on, Lord, as long as you give us breath to see all of them, all of them come in. I pray in the beautiful name of Jesus Christ. Join hands together. Join hands together. Just join hands together and pray for the person on both sides of you. Just to pray. Father, I pray that their family will all be saved. For if two people shall touch any one thing and agree, it'll come to pass. So, Lord, we come into agreement now with those that hands are being held and we claim their family for the kingdom of God. For many of them are called to be prophets. Many of them are called to be teachers. Oh, God, and be used greatly in the last great Holy Ghost revival. So we agree in prayer in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Turn and thank the one beside you for praying. God bless you. You're dismissed. We love you. I hope the word has helped you now. I hope the word has given you encouragement. Have a great day. God bless you. We love you.